Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. The first ever four-game sweep of the Chicago Cubs comes at the hands of the Milwaukee Brewers. Luis Urias, have yourself a game. Manny Pena, have yourself a game. In fact, literally everyone with a pulse for the Milwaukee Brewers, have yourself a game. I was going to say, don't uh, shortchange Jace Peterson. Jace Peterson, have, uh, have yourself a game. Hell, uh, even for this year, Christian Yelich. Have yourself a game. The only one that I guess I would uh, say you, you did fine, and no, by no fault of your own, but you got made an early exit. Brandon Woodruff, you would have had yourself a game. Instead, you got sat down after three innings. <laughs> Why? Because the ball hit him in the glove? Did you see the play? Yeah, was, where it was ricocheted that, off his glove and hit him in the hammy. Was that was that why he was pulled? He was at 74 pitches. I think it was 74 pitches, and it was 70-something. 74 pitches, and then his ball, the ball hit the glo- his glove? I don't Rowdy, I don't, I don't Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, and that's another game where if I'm Brandon Woodruff for a starting pitcher for the Brewers, <laughs> I'm going to be pretty frustrated because I had, in theory, 26 pitches to get to 100 yeah. and needed to get two more innings to be the pitcher of record in a game in which was 5-1 to one when he exited. Yeah, and then they tagged another four on in the fifth. So, Hunter if he would have made it, yeah, if he would have made it to the through the fifth, it would have been nine to one or whatever yeah. he had given up. So yeah, that's so Hunter Strickland gets the win. Brandon Woodruff doesn't get anything. Uh, you look at Woody and you're like, this. <laughs> I'm looking at the stats right here for Brandon Woodruff. Phenomenal series, by the way, by the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll break it down. Brandon Woodruff, believe it or not, is seven and six on the year. He's seven and six on the year. Had a lot of opportunity, a lot of potential opportunities for more wins. <laughs> I mean, who's stolen the most from him? Brent Suter. Well, I think Brent Suter's probably offense. stolen the most from everybody. The offense has stolen Woody from able to get some wins. Uh, seven and six on the year for Woody. Two his ERA rowdy two point one eight. Yeah, how about that though? You say how the offense has stolen a lot of wins away from Woody? Like not showing up. Because obviously not, yes. he at one point it was documented pretty well, well documented how Woody had the lowest run support in the major leagues when he pitched. Yeah. And then in a game in which they score seventeen. <laughs> he doesn't get the win. You're getting you're getting uh removed from the game after three innings. Yeah, Woody who never gets run support. Well documented, as Rowdy just you know was saying, to the offense exploding and he gets nothing. <laughs> three innings, only giving up two hits, uh, one run, three strikeouts, seventy four pitches, forty six of them were strikes, ERA of two point one eight, and he was like babied. I, I mean, I don't know, Rowdy. I just want to see competitors go at it, especially Brandon Woodruff. Brandon Woodruff is such an electric pitcher. I wanted to see it, but here's the thing. What we saw was that explosion from the offense. Luis Urias, he was making some comments after the game that they had a, a really fun four days in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, the Brewers did. Luis Urias really had the funnest yesterday, uh, the most fun, as Urias tied a major league record with five extra base hits 
Uh, our guy, the Pineapple, Manny Pena, drove in six runs. Another multi-homer game for uh, Pena and Urias. Uh, Urias homered in the seventh and ninth innings. Also hit three doubles, drove in five runs, and scored five. He became the 16th player with five extra base hits in a game. And the first since uh, Eric uh, Alex Dickerson for the Giants last year, Rowdy. Yeah, just almost, well, everybody that started for the Milwaukee Brewers <laughs> had at least one hit. <laughs> the Brewers, they obviously they scored 17 runs to beat the Cubs 17 to 4. They had 22 hits for those 17 runs. And not only that, but look at where they were most productive. You go with batters 4 through 7. We're talking uh Escobar, Urias, Peterson, Pena. Those four batters that were in the lineup Four through seven for the Milwaukee Brewers. So the middle mm. to the bottom of the order. They went a combined 16 for 23 Oof. against Cub pitching yesterday afternoon. Oof. That is a batting average of 696. Woo-hoo-hoo! 696? Nice. Oof. That's a big oof. Or how about just in general when you look at the Milwaukee Brewers' entire team? Oof. They had 47 at-bats, 22 hits. Oof. That's just a team average yesterday against the Cubs of 468. My sweet baby Jesus. Rowdy, the Milwaukee Brewers have dismantled, destroyed, punished, pummeled, obliterated the Chicago Cubs. So much, in fact, that they released Jake Arrieta. And then also, <laughs> and and they also put Wilson Contreras on the IL. Uh, I think there was another move that happened too, where they sent someone packing. The Cubs, dude, are D U N done. They're, yeah, the it's C- over. The Cubs really punting on the season. I was looking and breaking down some of their contracts and their roster, mm-hmm. and it was pretty pretty tough. You looked at uh, guys that they could potentially be trading. Yeah, moving forward next year because obviously these this rebuild has just started. Oof. It just started uh, less than a month ago. Oof. But uh, you look at that. The only guy that they'll probably be moving is Wilson Contreras because yeah. he's got one more year left on his deal. Maybe if David Bodie got hot next year, they could move him. And then they have maybe a relief pitcher that they could move. Other than that. They don't have anything left on that roster. No, they're they're done. In fact, uh, I love this message here on Twitch.tv, Rowdy. Our guy Muzz says, I'd like to report a murder down at Wrigley. The Cubs are just this. Could you imagine being a Cubs fan? You're one of the biggest markets in baseball. You have a lot of money uh, that you have spent, and you literally have thrown up the white flag. You, The Cubs, Rowdy, I've never seen a more embarrassing major market team than the Chicago Cubs are right now. They have, they're dismantled because of the Brewers. Yeah, you look at uh, the Chicago Cubs' current roster and the Pittsburgh Pirate roster, and it's not a ton different. Honestly, right now, the Pittsburgh Pirate roster might be a little better. <laughs> it's the, the Cubs are broken. But that was a game yesterday afternoon where the only people that are upset on the Brewers team are the guys like Lorenzo Cain, Rowdy Telez, they were the guys that didn't get to start. Yeah. Because that's, that's a game that you want to play in and get as many at-bats in as yeah. you can. Well, Rowdy Telez got that, uh, what, he injured his knee, right? But he came in for a pinch hit uh, for Woody. And then... Um, yeah, but a game like that, pinch hitting's not enough. You you, you want to be in there. <laughs> and he struck out. Part of that hit parade, just juice in your numbers. Yeah. 
This and here's the other cool thing: the Brewers have been so much history being made or tying history, like before Corbin Burns, right? Tied history with the ten straight strikeouts uh, with uh, Nora and um, Tom Seaver, and then yesterday Luis Arias ties a major league record: five extra base hits. So uh, then the Brewers, for the first time ever, uh, swept the Chicago Cubs in a four-game series. There's another history made. Rowdy, looking at the, and then uh, this is not history, but Kyle Hendricks. He got pounded. That was his first loss in more than three months for Kyle Hendricks yesterday. Yeah, and he normally actually splits-wise throws the ball better at home and overall in his career. He's thrown the baseball pretty well against the Brewers just in general. Yeah, he got absolutely annihilated. The Cubs' ace got tagged for a career-worst nine runs and matched a season high of 11 hits. Uh, he was 11-0 and in 16 starts since a loss to Pittsburgh on May 9th, and the Brewers just Hook it to him. That was a hell of a game. Yeah, and don't look now, but that Milwaukee Brewers offense, the one that was struggling so mightily the first two weeks of the season, they're now 11th when it comes to mm. runs per game. And they're now closer to 10th than they are 12th. Absolutely unbelievable. And they now have, because overall, when you look at uh, offenses over the years in Major League Baseball, normally the average, the average offense scores about four and a half runs per game. Milwaukee... 4.68 now. It's moving on up, Rowdy. We're moving on up. Uh, also good news, Josh Hader came back. He struck out three in a scoreless inning after uh, getting reinstated from the Rona list. So Hader, he's back. Also, we talked about him yesterday's show being back, but Justin Topa got into the game, logged an inning. Yeah, well, I think he. I think they said they hit 98 on the gun, and then his average speed was down two miles per hour, I think, before his elbow injury it was like 97.8 he was averaging, and yesterday he was averaging like 95 point something. I think that's what I saw. First game back, yeah, but it was promising. Back in. Could have been a second game back, though, Rowdy. Honestly, <laughs> you look at what happened yesterday. Woody gave up an unearned run because of his own mishaps at yeah. first base, and Sanchez at the very end is just kind of like, a, well, whatever, we're basically getting out of here. The only uh, guy that really got... Knocked around was Daniel Norris again. Oh my God, he 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 honestly could be. He stinks. They they didn't really give anything up for him. It was like a minor league pitcher that. Well, he can't. Dude, no one's gonna hear from again. What was he doing? And that and not a ranked prospect, not a real coveted prospect whatsoever. But uh, yeah, Daniel Norris could be a guy that for postseason does not make the team, or when guys come back and get healthy within the next week. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a candidate to be DFA'd. Yeah, Daniel Norris, that's he's tough, dude. His he can't even like locate his pitches. Uh, you know, watching yesterday, he was just serving up, he was just serving up balls uh, for the Cubbies. He was the only blunt. I feel like he hates the Milwaukee Brewers. Every time Daniel Norris pitches, it's like that bandwagon fan that you know uh, they just lob onto another team because everyone else around them likes a certain team, so they got to be different. I feel like Daniel Norris, despite being a Milwaukee Brewer, whatever team that the Brewers are facing, Norris is a fan of the other team. Is like, I'll be your pitching machine. Well, Here you go. I'll serve one up for you. The Cubs scored four runs yesterday, and only two of them were earned, and both of those earned were home runs against uh, Norris. Yeah, I just... Like like Rowdy said, he didn't really give up much for him, but he is, he is frustrated. And that's exactly why he could be an easy candidate to DFA. So Norris stinks. And Curtis is now on the is he on the sixty day IL? Is he well, done? he's done for the year. Yeah. So the moves that the Brewers made, I mean, outside of Eduardo Escobar, by the way, has been nice. Oh, 
But Eduardo Escobar is those arms, Rowdy from David Stearns. Right now, we're gonna chalk it up for Stearns of being a tough scene, even though he didn't need, really give up that much. Still, it kind of stinks. Yeah. So we talked about needing two. You know, they'd probably go out and get two arms, and hopefully, they're gonna go grab a top end arm. Well, Curtis was supposed to be that top end guy. I mean, he, he was. An, he had an ER. Well, I mean, oh, he was pitching good for He was pitching good for He's been phenomenal the last two years. That's true. Uh, well, that obviously didn't turn out, and then Norris has not been good, hoping that he'd be better against lefties. I don't know. He hasn't been good against lefties or righties, but uh, hopefully that late in it, or that late season. Oh, sorry, Roddy. That late season uh, acquisition, we'll say, of Justin Topa coming back and throwing well will be the boost that they need in that bullpen. Yeah, Topa's because be it's nice. going to have to come within the organization because it didn't come from without side the organization by trade. Well, that's why that's why they got depth, right? That's got all these guys. But here's the good thing. Also, another thing that I just jogged my memory with Topa's appearance yesterday for the Milwaukee Brewers, the crew have now used 60 players this season. That is an all-time franchise record. 60 players have now appeared for the Milwaukee Brewers uh, as of well, today's the 13th, but yesterday, as of August 12th, Rowdy, 60 players for the Milwaukee Brewers, an all-time record, shattering yeah, the previous one. let's not forget, in September, they do they expand their roster to two players, so who knows if they'll find another guy to... <laughs> Incredible, right? Uh, here you go. Uh, what I was trying to get, sorry I had my fader up, I didn't realize it. Uh, let's see here. Rowdy, a little supercut, if you will, of the the series that was... A major league record for consecutive strikeouts. Swing and a miss and a strikeout for Burns' performance on the field. A swing and a miss. That's a swing and a miss. How about Corbin? It is eight straight. A swing and a miss. It is nine in a row. And a swing and a miss. There it is. Right, it, just, it just keeps on going. Jake Arrieta, yeah, the the Cubs stink so bad that they had to send Jake Arrieta pack, and he's getting shelled. I mean, this this can go on forever, Rowdy, because the Chicago Cubs series, we just the Brewers just dismantled them. I think I think the wildest dreams of every Milwaukee Brewer came true. I guess besides Brandon Woodruff, I mean, the Chicago Cubs just pure domination in four games. Normally, in a in a series like that, even playing a lesser team. Every four-game series you go into it, you hope at least to split, two and two. Then you look at playing a bottom feeder like the Cubs are currently. You go, okay, hopefully three and one. But now you just got greedy with a sweep. And not only was it a sweep, but you outscored the Chicago Cubs. 37 37 to nine (laughs) in four games. Woo-hoo! Woo! Speaking of that, I, I, I was going to save this, but I want to play it. I had a lot of fun watching the Milwaukee Brewers. Rowdy, I assume you had a lot of fun watching the Milwaukee Brewers. Outside of like a couple moves, but whatever. We're, we're not going to get greedy over the first time ever sweeping the Cubs in a four-game series. I assume you had a lot of fun watching the Brewers, yes? I mean, I wish every series looked like that. <laughs> well, here's Luis Urias saying he had a lot of fun. Against yeah, the I mean, it was a fun uh, four days, obviously, here in Chicago. You know, winning is fun, obviously, and but especially seeing—I I feel like watching, uh, seeing, seeing the fans out here. 
coming from Milwaukee, that, that kind of feels uh, really good. But yeah, like, I mean, everybody was swinging the bat well, and obviously the pitchers, they're still doing their job. It's amazing. It's pretty amazing. How about that? When have you ever heard a Milwaukee Brewers player, while at Wrigley, say, it was really fun to see all of the Milwaukee fans in the stands. Probably the last time that Ooh. you've really heard that was game 163 in 2018. Yep, where Rowdy when, and I almost hugged. When at the end of that game, all you could hear was the Brewer fans. Yeah, and you you could hear the Brewers fans celebrating. Rowdy and I were almost did a, 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 a man embrace in my office and said we settled for a weird handshake high five. I found out that day that Rowdy's not a hugger. <laughs> And it was uh, in- insane. Remember all the fans walking around Wrigley just celebrating uh, for 163? Now you got Luis Urias pointing it out. Hey, hey, man, nice to see all the fans down there. Had a really fun four days in Chicago. And even all the dumbass weather, too. That's, I mean, what a series. Uh, one more from uh, about having fun. Uh, Craig Council talks about having just a great week. A great week. Some call it Wrigley. I call it American Family Field South. Yeah, I mean, I think everything we did this series was good. I think we pitched well, and we, we swung the bats really, really well. The, the wind was blowing out the whole series. We really hadn't taken advantage of it. Well, we, I, I think we had a couple homers in the first game of the doubleheader, but took advantage of it today. But I'm not sure any of those were necessarily cheap home runs today. They were pretty well hit. But um, we, we swung the bats well, and, you know, we took advantage of that and gave our guys some run support. We, we got through the game a three-inning start, and I still feel like we got through the game really well today. So really. all things, you know, it's it, it was a really good week in Wrigley. Uh, Council just had to bring it up. Yeah, we had a three-inning start. We got through the game even with a three-inning start. Because you pulled them. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. We feel good today, baby. It's a Friday. Brewers just dominated the Cubs. First ever four-game sweep. Everyone with the pulse is getting the hit. Well, speaking of that Field of Dreams game, I think we all turned it on, at least for some aspects of the game. Mm -hmm. I thought overall it was super cool. Like, obviously, the environment being at that uh, field that they constructed right across the way from the actual Field of Dreams. Yeah. It looked pretty legit. And I thought the intro where they had the players walk out through the corn through the outfield was pretty cool with Kevin Costner being out there. And then the game itself was a really good baseball game. Phenomenal game. Back and forth, home runs. You got to see uh, guys hanging into the corn, a competitive, good game. But overall, to me, it it just once, once those first few innings wore off of looking at the surrounding area and everyone in the stand, it just kind of became another baseball game. Yeah. Now it's cool. It was I think, really. I think they should probably do it every year. Yeah. What are they doing in that field? By the way, was that just like a one-off major league baseball game? Or are they going to? I would like hope that, that they do it every single year. But speaking of Andrew Wagner, there is one thing that I'm, I'm going to 100 percent agree with him because I saw his tweet last night and I had to like it because I was sitting there thinking the exact same thing since like all the coverage started and you're seeing everyone walking around and they're like treating it like his tweet is why is everyone trying to dress like it's the 1920s game would have been perfectly fine without the manufactured nostalgia yeah I was sitting there thinking the exact same thing like why is the sideline reporter dressed like he's in the 20s? Like why? why extra, is, extra, read yeah. all about it. Tim go, Anderson walks off the Yankees. It would have been perfectly fine if you you wore your 2021 gear. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being yourself. And then there there was just a lot of things around like the the stadium and the area there where it was like they were trying to play like it was like 100 years ago. Yeah, which I mean, I think the field itself sufficed with that. Like how cool was it? Now, obviously in the movie, like you... 
I mean, you really didn't have a, a light system like that like you have now. But, dude, how cool was it to see that corn with under the lights and all the home runs that were hit I actually kind of, I actually kind of like the fence where, yeah, the you, fence could, was where cool. you could see behind the fence. It was really cool. I thought that was a phenomenal game, exciting game. I didn't watch all of it. I watched pieces here and there, and then I saw the highlights at the end as well, um, or this morning, I should say. It was really, really cool. Did we need a speech from Kevin Costner last night, by the way? Who did you guys at that field? Did you guys find it like I knew what was going along with the movie, but I haven't thought of Kevin Costner in forever. And to see him walk out like he's wearing the white button down shirt with the white khakis. Yeah. And then he's there and like, you know, the Field of Dream stuff's going on. I'm like, I haven't thought of Kevin Costner in decades. I think the last time I thought of Kevin Costner, I saw Waterworld was on Netflix. <laughs> I think the last movie I saw with Kevin Costner was The Highwayman. Oh, that, how was that, by the way? I didn't watch that. It's actually pretty good. Is it really long? I don't remember. It might That's have been. It's on Netflix, right? Yeah. It's on Netflix, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a Netflix. No, Netflix movie. original or whatever. Yeah. yeah, him and Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Woody. Woody. Here, if you missed it. thing about this land, an endless cloth that blankets the horizon. This is Iowa. <laughs> Doing all right. A place where hope and perseverance breed a crop of limitless potential. Is this what Iowa hangs their head on? Pretty much. It's Field of Dreams, and I guess majority people go for the Hawkeyes, I imagine. See, I'm actually, I'm yeah. actually kind of surprised. Like, that is this all Iowa has? Was and the, the the sports book rowdy? Sorry, were you surprised about what? No, I'm surprised that when you when you played the game, obviously it makes sense why it was the Yankees. But if you're because of the national, the national media, and there's Yankee fans all over, mm-hmm. especially even more when they're good. Mm-hmm. But I thought that that game could have made a lot of sense being an interleague game with, like, the Cubs. Because there's a ton of Cubs fans in, in Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. And then have that crossover with the Cubs and the White Sox. Yeah. A little more from Kevin. And just like the corn in the field, the game we have loved has grown anew. It's revived our memories of a beautiful story. Over 30 years ago, I was in the tale about a farmer named Ray. Ray! And a legend named Shoeless Joe. Is this heaven? It's Iowa. There. Ray Liotta. What's up, dude? Probably going to smoke some cigarettes in the field. Or if it's not the Cubs, how about uh, since they're all, you know, throwing it back 100 years and obviously the guys that play in the field of dreams are the eight guys that got kicked out of yep. major league baseball from the white Sox scandal of 1919, AKA the black Sox. How about they just replay that 1919 world series? White Sox, reds. I'd be pretty sick, Rowdy. I'd be here for it. There you go. Kevin Costner and uh, Iowa. What a, what an unlikely pair. Let's go to the phone. Squack. Welcome to the show. Who's this? You got your Maytag man. There he is in all his glory. I was thinking about you the other day. I'm like, I haven't heard from you for a while. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, and here, it's here we are, man. though, baby. We celebrate the good times. Here you are. The, yeah, you know, and I'll tell you, that was that was a lot of fun last night watching that game. It was cool. It was really that was, cool. That was, that was really awesome. I, I kind of want Major League Baseball to keep that stadium up 
Well, that's my question is like, what are they going to do with it moving forward? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I, like, in, like when uh, the uh, whenever they have the World Cup or the Olympics somewhere, they build all this stuff and then they just never use it again. And like whatever they're in, they just lose heavy hemorrhaging money. It's like, are they going to hemorrhage money here in Iowa or is it actually going to be used? See, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I do believe Major League Baseball did buy that plot of land. Uh, so I, I don't think they're going to, you know, till it back under for corn land. I mean, that, that would just be really <laughs> kind of ironic, but, uh, no, I mean, it was, it was really cool watching, watching Kevin Costner come out of the cornfield, watching the players come out of the corn, man, that was cool. That was really cool. That was really uh, cool. That, that was, that was a lot of fun. Our gambler of the stars, Dave Essler. Dapper Dave, good morning, my friend. How are we doing today? We're doing well. We're doing well. How about you guys? <sighs> I'm on cloud nine, Dave. Yeah, I'm living the dream, especially after that Brewer series. Mm, I, there's nothing that I despise more in the sports world than the Chicago Cubs. It's like, of all sports, Dave, the Cubs are my most loathed team. And to see what the Brewers did over that four-game span was just nothing short of magical for me. Borderline yeah, erotic. It, 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 it's unfortunate they didn't leave starters in a little longer. I mean, that's kind of... Uh... You, know, you think that'll come back to bite him in the ass at some point? I, you know what, Dave? Let me ask you a question on this. So Brandon Woodruff, who I think you're referring to, only went three innings, right? So the Brewers have Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Josh Hader, and Freddie Peralta, all top ten for Cy Young candidacy. Do you think, through the eyes of a better, that one of those will uh, be crowned for the Brewers, uh, Cy Young, or that they'll just cannibalize each other? Uh, you know, I think the latter, to be honest with you, I think they cannibalize each other. Man. I think that's a, I think that's a very valid point. <sighs> Man. Cause there was a time there where we were picking your brain about who would win Scott Young and there was some value. I think it was the Burns or Woody, depending on the, uh, on the week. Right. And now you just look at all these arms and you're like, yeah, I don't think, who do you think Rowdy? Like Wheeler is probably going to get it. If he well, he's the odds on favorite, but, um, I, well, we talked about this yesterday. They're going to eat each other and they're small market. It's yeah. not a good combination. Really well, is. I think I think your boy Wheeler is going to get beat tonight. Yeah. Can you tell us more, Dave? Tell us more, Uncle Dave. Well, um, Uncle Dave uh, does not like the fact that Wheeler has thrown an awful lot of pitches in the last month and a half. I think he's had six or seven games over 100. He threw a complete game last game. Um, I think the Reds are kind of quietly... Um, Quietly creeping up, if you will. You know their bullpens. Actually, we, we we used to we used to fade that. I talked to Rowdy, and it was it was Reds first five or nothing. But I think that's changed with some of their recent acquisitions. Uh, you know, I, I kind of do like Maley, so I am uh, I am thinking that. And, and I, you know, Rowdy and I talked about this a bit off the air that that uh, I think he, he he leans Reds. I will take the Reds on the run line tonight. Uh, it's relatively cheap, and I think that's somewhat supported by that total coming down a little bit. It's eight and a half, almost almost coming down to eight, which would give you more value to that plus one and a half. So I love it. I think, I think your boy Wheeler um, might, you know, and the Reds have actually hit Wheeler fairly well. So I mean, the caveat there is is the Reds played and traveled last night, but I guess you can't have everything, or you would bet your mortgage, and <laughs> and that, that would be the end of your career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Dave, did Rowdy did Nelly tell you off air about the bet he took uh, earlier in the morning? The bet he took, I think he said something about a total. We were talking about totals. I actually took uh, the Brewers on the run line here against the Pirates. 
What do you think? What do you? Because I I, th- I feel like every time you're on, Dave, I mean, we we're talking about the pirates somehow, or you're tweeting about the pirates, and they're always like burning you. What What's with you and the pirates? Yeah, I've, I've kind of I've kind of I've kind of thrown them under the bus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I can see that the total's nine. It's it's it looks like it might be creeping up a little bit. I mean, Keller just isn't very good. I think the the big advantage you have there, you know, even if even if Anderson underachieves and Keller overachieves. I mean, the big advantage, obviously, is the is the bullpen and the fact that the Brewers on the road will get 27 outs. I don't like home teams on the run line because so oftentimes they're only ahead by one after eight and win the game and don't get that ninth that bat. So, yeah, I can see your point. I mean, it's a bit square, but even SpongeBob wins once in a while. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Dave, in, the, in baseball, is there anything else that you're kind of eyeing up before I ask you a football question? A football question? When does football start? Dave, it already started last week. Mike oh, McCarthy and yeah. the Cowboys versus Mike Tomlin and the Steelers in the yeah, Hall you know, of Fame. I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm actually two and zero in the in the NFL preseason. Okay, well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, is my man Uncle Dave, Dapper Dave, is he betting on preseason football? The answer is yes. Absolutely. I mean, it's, the fact of the matter is, I think there's bigger edges in the preseason than there are in the regular season because the coaches basically tell you what they're going to do. You know, this guy's going to start. This guy's going to come in here. This guy's going to mop up. Um, you know, this guy isn't playing. So, I mean, I think, I think there's actually bigger edges. I mean, you know, look at the, look at the Packers game tomorrow there. I think three, they're three point favorites over the Texans. If that were a regular season game, that line would be double digits. And you, were you all over it? Like white on rice, like, like peanut butter and jelly, like bread on butter? Uh, uh, You talking about tomorrow's game? Yeah. Are you going to be all over it? Do I want to bet? The fourth quarter with Kurt Benkert against uh, whoever the Texans decide to play? No. Oh, Dave. Sometimes you got to go on a limb, brother. you got to put yourself out there, especially for the Packers. Well, there's other games to put yourself out there. You don't have to play okay, every game. Okay, okay. I guess if you're in Green Bay, you do, but I don't. Well, Dave, you're in Florida, so opina, like you know, you know, oblige us. What All right, I, I, I like Jacksonville to beat Cleveland tomorrow, but in fairness... I took Jacksonville at plus three, and they're now, I believe, minus two. So, you know, I have a, I have a little equity in that bet. There you go. Uh, you know, I, I like the Jets to beat the Giants tomorrow. First-year head coaches in the NFL actually do pretty well in their first exhibition game. So there's a, there is that. I like the Falcons uh, tonight, but in fairness, I think I took the Falcons plus one and a half. Now they're minus one and a half. So you want me to give out all these stale number bets? Hey, um, I just want to know what my man Dave's doing. Like, I, I don't – Rowdy does his bet anything, whatever. I'm most intrigued on Friday is what my guy Dave is doing. That's what I want to know. I don't care about anyone I else, did, Dave. I just gave you five or six that I've already bet. <laughs> oh, I was listening. I was, I was jotting them all down. Let me ask you this. Yes, Last sir. night uh, – no, you're a Patriots fan. I am. Mac Jones. Mac Jones, the maybe second coming of Tom Brady for you. 13 of 19 for 87 yards. Patriots win 22 to 13. How does it feel, Dave? Um, you know, I, I watched the game just for that reason, and he looked really good. I was a little surprised they left him, and as long as they did, I mean, I was glad from a fan perspective, but he looked good. I mean, he, he you know, he had that pocket presence in Alabama, and I'm like everyone else, you know, I, I, there's five other first-round picks off that offense, so let me see him do it with without that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and he and he, he but he looked good in Alabama. He had great pocket presence. He looked good last night. He went through his progressions really well and really quickly. I was actually impressed. So Dave, I, mean, what, what, I, don't, I don't know about the second coming of Tom Brady, and I think that was <laughs> that was a gener that was a generational thing. But it would be nice to have hope uh, because the other option would be hopeless with uh, you know your your other boy there, Cam Newton. I well, I was going to ask uh, you. Mac Jones proclaimed that he asked Cam Newton for advice before his first start. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, what, else is he, what else is he going to do? What well, else Brian is he going to do? Brian Hoyer's there. Brian Hoyer's there. He went to the he went to the Belichick school of press conferences. <laughs> Brian Hoyer's there, Dave. He's been in the league a long time. Mac Jones could ask Brian. Brian Hoyer wants a starter. You could ask him. Well. You know, I mean, well, whatever. Well, okay, okay. So, so you're right. Whatever Cam told him worked. <laughs> hey, Dave. Uh, wait, what's coming up for the weekend? You going golfing, my brother? I'll try to go golfing this afternoon. My wife's a little disappointed with me, so I, uh -oh. I might not. Uh oh. Yeah, you, you know, I, I can't go 30 days without being in the doghouse. And stop picking on <laughs> Kevin. Co stop picking on Kevin Costner. The dude's 66, and his wife's 19 years I, younger. Dave, I love. I just hadn't thought of seeing him for a long time. Like it was Waterworld. The well, last time my wife was 19 years younger than me. You wouldn't see me either. <laughs> Dave, I love you, man. You're 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 jazzed up today. I like it. I like I like a worked up Dave Essler. This is fun. Hey, you know, you guys, you guys get me going Friday. You guys start my weekend off great. Well, don't let your wife bring it down. Okay, rise above it. Uh, I got a couple hours to sort of figure out what I'm going to do. <laughs> hey, Dave, have fun golfing, man, if you do get out there. If not, the yes, honey-do list, start tackling it, okay? I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, whatever I do, I'll make sure I'm here next week. You got it, buddy. See you, Dave. All right, later, guys. Later. Good stuff, Dave Essler. Follow him on Twitter. That was a, I like that segment, Dave. He's riled up. I like that. He's getting arguments with his wife before. He comes on all the time. <laughs> Life is back on sports bettors and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. We will say good morning to from Forbes.com and the prolific Twitter at by Andrew Wagner. Andrew Wagner. Good morning, Andrew. So Rowdy looks fired up this morning. Uh, you are uh, looking on the Twitch channel, yes? Oh, yeah. I'm all about the Twitch. Rowdy is always fired up. especially. Is, is, Rowdy, wearing, is Rowdy wearing an Arizona Wild, uh, Wildcats t-shirt? <laughs> no, that is a Utica A's home talent baseball t-shirt. Okay. Then he's all good, because otherwise we're going to have to rumble. <laughs> so, Andrew, let me ask you, uh, before we dive into some baseball, you had uh, texted me early this morning that you were going to mow your yard at 6.45 in the morning. And yeah, you, you sparked a conversation. I'm like, if my neighbor were to do that, I'd have to go out there and slap him around a little bit. And I thought maybe, like, RJ said 9 o'clock. Rowdy, you said 8 o'clock? 8 o'clock, I'll yeah. split the difference. 8.30 would be respectable time in my neighborhood. What, what are you doing mowing your yard at 6.45 in the morning? Well, I was awake, and, you know, the sun has been actively trying to kill me for the last four days. So I wanted to get this done ahead of time so I didn't have to do it at high noon. Plus, it's a battery-powered mower, and I live next to a freeway. So you can't hear the thing. Oh. Like, I've tested this out. I've actually mowed my lawn at 1 o'clock in the morning. My neighbors came out to let their dog out, and they're like, what are you doing? So I'm mowing my lawn. They're like, really? You couldn't even hear it. I'm like, yeah. 
Well, I'm curious to know it's an electric lawnmower. Like that 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 thing works good then, or? Yeah, I got a small city lot. I run through. I don't even use a full battery when I run through it. Beautiful. So, yeah, does the job, baby. Well, I guess and now you, you like kinda... the lawn is done. I can spend the rest of the day sitting in the lawn and you know hydrating. That's well, yeah. You got to drink your water. Um, what what beer do you have though? You're still not drinking that ice house, are you? No, that was that was gone and done with weeks ago. That was just a little four pack of Tall Boys. I just had to do it for the heck of it. Okay. No, I'm. I've stockpiled enough High Life Light now because they're just they're continuing it. it. It's done. Yeah. That was always like my backyard. I'm not drinking beer to get drunk. I'm drinking beer because I don't want to drink water while using power tools beer. Yeah. I mean, that was essentially just like, you know, golden water. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and maybe if you catch a slight buzz of it after like t- 10 of them, you catch a yep. slight buzz. That's all good. All right. Big fan of the High Life Mac commercials. All right. Baseball. Hey, how you doing? Uh, baseball has been very good to me. So, Andrew. Real quick, the Field of Dreams game. Uh, it's very rare that you and Rowdy agree on something. Not, I know. This not is Rowdy Tillesman Nelson special over here. Moment. You and Rowdy agreed on a topic from the Field of Dreams game last night. Tell the fine folks, Andrew, what it is you tweeted and that Rowdy agreed with. Look, I just didn't get. Okay. First of all, disclaimer here I hate the movie. I think it's a terrible movie. What? Like, Kevin Costner is just. He is the worst. What? Like, everything that he's in just, oh, Dances I don't like the movie. Waterworld? Uh, I know, I know, I know. Anyway, I thought it was cool, though. I thought it was really cool what they did, especially because it brings baseball to Iowa. I, and this is the little, you know, nerd in me. I really wish they would have used the opportunity to, like, tie in the agricultural aspect a little bit more and kind of educate people on, like, why these farm fields are important. But that's beside the point. I thought the whole presentation was cool, except for the music from the movie, which also awful. Except for oh, Kevin Costner's really creepy, weird entrance, which was it was a little creepy. bizarre. It was a little strange. And then I didn't understand Tin Cup. Uh, yeah, well, Tin Cup was a good movie. Okay, thank you. Oh, and, and especially because the Texas Tornadoes provide the opening soundtrack. Anyway, real quick, um, draft day, draft day with Kevin Costner was Wisconsin football was in it, so we'll, we'll take that too. Okay. Yeah, I just didn't understand, like, the whole throwback aspect of it. Like, what, what were you trying to do? Like, why was everyone dressed really poorly like it was the 1920s? Like, kudos to Frank Thomas for being the only person on the Fox broadcast crew that, you know, didn't buy into the schlock. Um, but, like, why, why, did they, why did they have to, like, okay, so you're wearing suspenders and bow ties and hats, and, like, why? What was the point? And, like, the kids on the scoreboard, like, I thought the hand-operated scoreboard was cool. But they really need to be dressed up like 1920s news kids, you know, some papers on the corner. Read all about it. Andrew Wagner hates Kevin Costner. Extra, extra. That's that's not even news. Like, if you know me, you know my stance on Kevin Costner about equal with Packers stockholders. Hey, 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 you're talking to the owner here. What about this could be the greatest Kevin Costner movie of all time, The Untouchables. Uh, I liked it because Sean Connery was spectacular in it. Yes. There you go. The, okay, at least we can we can we can come together right there with the Untouchables. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Untouchables, how about this? The Cubs could not touch the Milwaukee Brewers as the Brewers just obliterated them. Yeah, man, that was that was an old fashioned just butt whooping, and like you know to to do that with what they had to go through. And, and listen, I, I am the first one to say never feel sorry for a baseball player and and like creature comforts because they got a pretty good life and. 
especially now that they don't have to sit in that like high school locker room that served as a visitor's clubhouse at Wrigley. Um, like, but, but still, to have to go through what they did, you know, having that game bagged on Monday, playing the doubleheader on Tuesday, um, you know, the short start out of Woody, uh, the weather, like it was, that's a tough series. And four game series to start with are tough, no matter what the record is of your opponent. You know, add in the fact that it's at Wrigley where weird things happen against a rival, against whom weird things happen. You come out of there with a four game sweep. I don't care if the Cubs are sending, you know, five of their, their T-ball kids out there. That's, that's still a tough thing to do. So that's, that's an impressive sweep. And then to do it in the way that they did, you know, that, that, that's a big series. I don't, I don't care how bad the Cubs are to do what they did this week. That, that says, hey, you know what, this team, this team is good. Yeah, definitely. Andrew Wagner joining us right now. Um, wow, Brewers the second team in the majors to 70 wins. Uh, Andrew, a lot of it has to do with uh, the addition of Willie Adamas. I had asked you, I think it was earlier this week, if memory serves me correct, or maybe it was last week. I've, yeah. I've, I've, I have short-term, short-term, uh, short-term memory problems sometimes, brother. But when it comes to uh, Willie Adamas, I asked you if you could make the case for MVP, and you said if you got the vote, you would vote for Adamas. Well, let me ask you this. The Brewers have four guys top ten in Cy Young contention, and Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, and Josh Hader. Do you think that the Brewers will get a Cy Young Award winner this season, or will they cannibalize each other? Yeah, I just, I just heard Dave talking about that, and I, I agree with them on the possibility of them cannibalizing each other. What I will, will say probably isn't a factor is the small market thing. I think that's more of an issue for races like MVP, but the thing about pitching is, you know, ridiculous pitching performances always end up on SportsCenter. And I think that will work in the Brewers' favor. And I think if you have to pick one of the three guys that kind of fits that mold, I think Corbin has the best chance because he's the one that's done the historic things that end up on sports. Like the other day, striking out 10 guys in a row. Early this year, how many, how many, uh, um, excuse me, how many hitters did he face striking them out without allowing a walk? Things like that. Yeah. Um, that gets noticed. And. The, the BBWAA, for all the people in Anakam, like, the electorate is kind of looking at things differently now. This isn't, this isn't like it was even five years ago. you got a lot of younger guys now who spend a lot of time looking at baseball reference, a lot of time looking at fan graphs, a lot of time watching games, watching highlights. Um, seeing p- Pitching Ninja, I think, plays into this. I really do. You know, Every time Rob Friedman puts a, a, a gif out there of a pitcher doing ridiculous things, you know, there's a pretty good chance it's a Brewers pitcher doing it. So I, I think their best chances to win uh, an award this year in order, I think, are Cy Young, manager, MVP, and who knows, maybe Tyrone Taylor gets a couple looks at Rookie of the Year. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, Andrew, how about um, – okay, let me ask you this. So David Stearns has been pulling a lot of uh, – a lot of good moves out of his sleeve, right? Eduardo Escobar definitely paying off the latest one. But when it comes to these two arms that he got out of the back of the bullpen, it's something that we were bugging you about, remember? Yeah. For like weeks leading up to the trade deadline. And eventually you're like, dudes, you, you got to stop asking me about the relief pitchers. They're coming. We all know they're coming. Well, they came, and now it looks like they've went. As what? Curtis is done for the year, and Norris can't help but just get rocked constantly. What's the... I'm not doubting David Stearns, obviously, but what's this mean with his moves with these two relief pitchers uh, that kind of just one's done and one stinks? The, the Norris one 
we'll start with Norris. And listen, he, he's not pitching very well right now, and, and that's that's no no one's going to argue that. But it still does serve a purpose because you know that's that's a guy that you could put in there when a game is goofy and not have to burn one of your guys, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you know, if your guys are getting shelled. Do you really want to put Sanchez out there? Do you really want to put Suter out there? Do you really want to put Cousins out there? No, you don't. You can throw Norris out there, and he can give you. He might be able to give you two innings. That's a big thing. Obviously, that's not what they had in mind when they traded for him. But there still is usefulness, if that makes sense. Totally, Curtis. It's a little bit different. Like it stinks. You know, they're they're not going to have him this year. Obviously, and that that's what you got him for. But and again, he's going to miss next year too. I get that. But they're still going to have three years of him after that. So, you know, that's, that's a trade that was made to help now, but also to help down the road. So, yeah, he's probably going to have Tommy John. It's going to stink. You're going to lose him for a year. But it's not like you, you traded a buttload for him and yeah. he's going to walk in, in November. This is a guy that's going to be around for a little bit. So you can kind of swallow it right now and say, all right, this stinks, but it's not going to bury us. It's like drinking ice house. Like it, you can swallow it a little bit. Yeah. It kind of stinks, but uh, it might bury you. But if you use responsibility, you know, and uh, you know, just just ease up a little bit, it won't bury you. Andrew, what about Justin Topa and his emergence again? He's now the 60th player to appear for the Brewers this year after he pitched yesterday. What's uh, Justin Topa mean for this bullpen? If he per- performs like he did last season, you know, it, and I, I like good stories, and I think this is one of the things that makes baseball such a great sport is. You get guys like Topa, uh, guys like Axford before he got hurt, guys that, you know, they were, they were done. They were out of it. They, they had been told no time and time again. They didn't give up. They had to take a really, you know, roundabout way to get back, but they earned their way back. You know, he went to independent ball. He worked his way back through the minor leagues. Uh, he came up last year and was just, he was a stud down the stretch. I mean, those six appearances were really, really big appearances. And then to come from where he came to where he finished the season, and that's pitching in a playoff game uh, and pitching well, This is if he shows that form or anything close to it, I mean, that kind of makes up for Norris and, and Curtis, you know, not holding up their end of the bargain. Like, that's, that's a big boost for a bullpen that needs it. Andrew, I love it. Uh, what are we thinking against the series against the Pirates? Pain. You know, if it doesn't rain like holy hell for, you know, three straight days, which always seems to happen when you're in uh, Pittsburgh, don't, don't you know. Out there, just say it's not going to rain, please. I don't have that power. Like, just, if I just, did. Can you just entertain me? Can you just do it, please? Sure, sure. It's going to be, you know, sunny and gorgeous all three days. I don't know, I, they, they played right, very you. well against Pittsburgh this year, but, I, again, you never, you never want to look past the team. Um, and the Pirates have that ability to jump out on the Brewers. They got that offense that just comes out there swinging. They come out there chopping. Um, and, and against the best pitchers, those are the teams that have success, the teams that are aggressive early in the count. You know, they don't make you throw a bunch. They, they just come right out there and try to ambush you. So it's always the series you want to look out for. Andrew, before I let you go, and I highly recommend everyone go follow you on Twitter at by Andrew Wagner. I am looking at your Twitter account right now, and uh, four hours ago, breathe a sigh of relief as you have tweeted this out uh, from the AP Style Book. PB and J is okay now in AP Style and all references for peanut butter and jelly. How does that make you feel? I feel good about that. I feel good about that because I've actually had arguments with editors before about you know using that phrase. So, like your editors wouldn't let you use. PB 
And Jay? I could do an entire week of shows just talking about interactions with editors, my friend. What? I don't... Everyone literally knows what PB&J means. Do the, are the editors, like, dimly lit bulbs? Like, what's happening here? Yeah, yeah, that's... It, yeah, again, a whole week of shows that would get flagged by the FCC, so... Just smile and nod. Smile and nod. All right, Andrew, if you could... Uh, you entertain me with uh, the, you know, the anti-rain stance... Just to make sure everything is good and, you know, we don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about it. Could you go down to PNC Park and quickly install a gigantic tarp over that stadium for me just in case? Yeah, does, uh, does the zone have a station car because my truck's on yeah, the fridge? Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, we got a van. Um, and I'm not talking like tarp over the field. I'm talking or uh, like on the field. I want it over, yeah, like, over the, stadium. the stadium. Yeah, I got you. I got I'm trying you. to save you money because yeah. I don't want you to have to build a roof. I feel like it would be expensive. Just put a big tarp, a burlap tarp over it, please. Yeah, I can handle that. All right. Well, uh, thank you, because I really want to get that baseball game. No problems tonight, you know? <laughs> good luck with that, buddy. Hey, you have a good weekend, brother. Much love. See ya. See ya, buddy. There he is, Andrew Wagner. All right, Roddy, talking a lot of Brewers today, and rightfully so. I mean, they are just decimating <laughs> the Chicago Cubs. They just own the hell out of them. They just, they just, they just rocked their world. Um, just annihilated them. Roddy, the Brewers have made so much history in this season. That's why I have the Twitter poll. Uh, let's try to run through it right now. What Corbin Burns had how many strikeouts before a walk? Uh, 56 or was it 58, one or the other, that Corbin Burns had? And then Corbin Burns had 10 strikeouts in a row, uh, tying history with Tom Seaver and uh, Aaron Nora. Nola. No, excuse me, Nola. And then you have, um, uh, let's see, Brewers for the first time ever had a cycle. The first four batters of the second inning hit the cycle against Kyle Hendricks. And then you have Luis Urias having a uh, multi-hit, five multi-hit game. It's tying history. And you have so many yeah. other things that I'm probably forgetting about. Yeah, it's uh, five extra bases. Or extra bases, excuse me. Yes. And he's one of 16 players to ever do it in Major League history, joining one of his teammates, which happens to be Jackie Bradley Jr. of all the hitters on the Milwaukee Brewers team from when he did it in 2006 or 2015. And then you have what? Four pitchers in the top 10 for Cy Young. <laughs> you have all these uh, uh council talked about it after the game how you know they're not just relying on one guy. It's everyone's taking turns stepping up or multiple guys at the same time stepping up and getting it done. You have Willie Adamas who yeah, I mean people are making the case for MVP right Is now. Is it safe to say right now that every single player or, or Every single batter on the Milwaukee Brewers team has stepped up and helped carry this offense for at least a week, except for one. Yelly. And it's Christian Yelich. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. That, I know no, no, totally I know Jackie is. Bradley Jr., we were laughing because he was batting 150 earlier in the year. And then you turn around and all of a sudden he was batting 180. Mm-hmm. And to get to 180 after his first two and a half months of his season with how poorly he was hitting, he he had a time where he was crushing the baseball. There hasn't been a time this year that Christian Yelich has crushed the baseball. Every other player on this Milwaukee Brewers team, you can say they've had at least a week or two of where they got so hot and they really helped carry the offense. You can't say that about Christian Yelich, and he's the guy that's that's going to be the highest paid on the team starting next year. Former MVP? He's the guy that's your former MVP. Could have he's been the guy MVP. that's supposed to be the face of your franchise. Yeah. It's crazy what the Brewers are doing. All the history they're making or tying, all of the how everything is just coming together, right? So I put the Twitter poll out there at Zone Madison, and Rowdy said he voted, but he uh, wouldn't tell me what. 
So I'm going to ask him. Here's the uh, question. Can you feel something special brewing for the Milwaukee Brewers? You have three options. Yes, I'm getting my hopes up. No, it'll end in pain. Or not too high, not too low. Right now, 58% of the vote going to I'm getting my hopes up. Uh, second would be not too high, not too low. And the third is no, it'll end in pain. Rowdy, you voted where? I voted I'm getting my hopes up. Whoa, well, Rowdy! I, I, I told you that what? this team's starting to get the feeling like they can make a long, deep postseason run. Man, well, that was probably two, three weeks ago. Yeah. And I said all they need, all I need from them is another good later inning bullpen arm. And now they traded for Curtis and Norris. <laughs> Norris hasn't worked out. Curtis is now hurt and hadn't performed to the ability that he had but, earlier that year and the year before. But now Justin Topa can be healthy. Hell yeah. In my opinion, he's got better stuff than both of those guys if all things are even and all three guys are as healthy as possible. The Topas. He still has the nastiest stuff out of the three. So if he can come back and give him anything and he's going to have basically a month and a half to get ready for the, the postseason, that's a plus. Mm-hmm. We know that they already have a ton of bullpen arms right now when they're healthy and don't have COVID. Because Gustave is probably going to come off the IL here uh, early next week, and there might not be a spot for him at the the big league level, which is crazy because he's throwing the ball extremely well. And I I told you, with how this team is built, with how good their their pitching has been, and if they can get some timely hitting, all they have to do is make the postseason because that rotation becomes nasty, especially when you shorten the, the rotation of three or four pitchers. My man Rowdy voted, yes, I'm getting my hopes up. Rowdy, do you want to know where I voted? Same spot. Yes, I'm getting my hopes up. And then you look at the arms. Something that we like can rarely ever talk about as a Milwaukee Brewers fan in my entire life is all of the pitching. The starting pitching is phenomenal. The bullpen looking damn good. It is just... <clears throat> well, I mean, go, go through it all. The Milwaukee Brewers have a top... I think they've been pretty much all season anywhere between top five and top eight for starting rotation ERA-wise. And that last time I checked that was probably about a month ago. So with how Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta have been pitching and continuing to lower their ERA, and with how Hauser and even Anderson's been pitching really well since uh, July, yeah, I'm going to say they probably have a top five, without looking right now, ERA for a starting rotation. <laughs> you have a top eight <laughs> bullpen when it comes to ERA. You have a top ten bullpen when it comes to whip. It's you have dominant. a team that is now OPS wise is is now starting to break into the middle of the pack and you are now tied for 11th when it comes to runs per game bring it on baby everything is trending in the right direction for the Brewers but how about if you just go through individual players you start at the top of the order let's go Rowdy Colton Wong he's batting 283 that's a guy that's having one of his better career seasons. Yeah, that's man. what. That's some of the things you need to win a World Series. You need to have guys that have career seasons. You need to have good starting pitching. You have to have a good back end of the bullpen. And you have to get timely hitting. Reach. Well, Colton Wong is having one of his best hitting seasons. Obviously, we know he's a gold glover and he's defensively been really good for the Brewers. Willie Adamas MVP. Was, was batting 197 for the Tampa Bay Rays. MVP. And then May 22nd, when he officially was traded and started playing for the Brewers, he's now batting 264. MVP. He's raised his batting average 67 points since coming over. He's absolutely crushing. It's phenomenal. Eduardo Escobar, we know that he provided some pop, some versatility. And he was a guy that was batting 246 
when he was with the Arizona Diamondbacks. After yesterday's game, he's batting 258 on the season. He's crushing yesterday. He's raised his he's raised his batting average 12 points. He's crushing. That's nearly one point a day. Well, Rowdy, how about Luis Arias next? Luis Arias, he was batting 207 in late May before the Willie Adamas trade. He's now batting 249, and he's actually tied history some, yesterday. Some surprising pop tied history to, for a guy that's a smaller middle infielder. Yep. He was at one point second on the team in home runs and RBIs. Up next, Jace Peterson. Jace Peterson. He's he's a guy that was a quadruple A player. He was brought in for versatility. There, you were not really expecting much, but a guy to fill in occasionally. He's, he's batting two sixty five. He he's yep. hitting the ball and being able to play all over. Manny Pena. Two multi home run game yesterday. Grand slam. He's doing exactly what the Brewers hoped. Yep. It's being a really good defensive catcher when Omar Narvaez needs days off and he's providing some pop when he has played. And then we'll talk about Omar Narvaez. Omar Narvaez is having one of his statistical better seasons of his career hitting the baseball. And that was after being known as a hitting catcher. Now, Jackie Bradley Jr., we he's, talked he's about, ascending. We talked about how bad he was, and he's a career like 223 hitter. But he's uh, doing much better than he was yeah, earlier. Entering entering into June, he was hitting 150. Now he's hitting 180. Yep. And after over two and a half months, that's that's a that's a heavy, steep hill to climb. And I mean, he's brought his batting average up 30 points in the last month and a half. And then Rody, this guy yesterday didn't have a, a hit. He was a pinch hitter. But I don't think we need to tell the folks the story of Rowdy Telez so far. Well, that's that's another guy. Obviously, people know he's had a walk-off hit. He's had some big home run games for the Brewers. He's a guy that when he was traded for, he was batting 204 with the Toronto Blue Jays. He's now raised his batting average to 248 since coming over to the Milwaukee Brewers. Every single player is either having a career year or is playing above where they have been for most of the season, except for Jackie Bradley Jr., who we just mentioned, has turned it around the last month and a half. Yep. And then that's kind of where I, I was going to go with the fact that you need these players to do this. You have to have those type of seasons for a team to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm I'm liking it, we already kind of mentioned how good their pitching staff is. But do you remember 2018, right? I do. Do you remember that team? How it was like they were kind of hanging around the Cubs. Around. The Cubs were the better team that was favored in the division. They were like five, six, seven games out in July, but they were hanging around. They had a lot of players that were having good years. And then all of a sudden, it was like August, and Christian Yelich just went from being like an all star Christian Yelich to like being the MVP Christian Yelich. Oh, I remember. And put the team on his back and got the team to the postseason. And then they had that magical September where they, it felt like they never lost. That was one guy named Christian Yelich that did that. The difference with this team is you have better starting pitching. I think bullpen is probably about equally as good. And instead of having to rely on one Christian Yelich who kind of uh, let you down a little bit in the postseason because he didn't stay as red hot as he was in August and September, you now have a team around Christian Yelich that is red hot. And if he can get going whatsoever... I think that's the perfect recipe for a Brewers World Series run. And, and right now, if the Brewers don't make the NLCS where they where they did end up in 2018, it's I feel like a failure at this point. Rowdy, from this get point, get the hopes up. Now, at the beginning of the year, nobody, and I mean nobody, had the Brewers in NLCS or bust, regardless of what anyone says. Was that? 
No, no. Okay. And Rowdy, can you feel it, baby? Can you feel it? Like, let's think <gasps> about it. The Brewers' win total at the beginning of the year, no matter where you were looking, can you feel it? was 82 wins to 83 and a half, and they were they were anywhere supposed to finish anywhere to second or third in the NL Central, and now they're on pace for 97 wins. And like I said, it's NLCS or bust for this can team right now. Can you feel it? I can feel it deep down in my plums. <laughs> <laughs>